0: Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Man here with a good friend, Dr. Kevin Wicasey. He's back to tell us more about the grim cell of doom known as Epstein's prison cell. Some new information came out yesterday. was published in the Daily Mail. I believe it was information gleaned from a 60 Minutes request. Don't know why it took so long. Don't know why the pictures haven't come out before. Probably we'll never know. But the content of the pictures remains quite fascinating and, uh, I dare say, kind of jaw dropping. So, uh thanks a lot for taking the time today. When I sent you the link and you had a look, you had uh, a, a, a response that I won't repeat here on this family show, but um <laughs> what were your what were your thoughts when you were looking through that?
1: Uh just uh, jaw-dropping barely begins to describe it. I, you know, the 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 picture that's most telling in that whole series to me is the one with the crime scene tape over the door of the cell, because a crime was committed there. Let me let me say that a crime was committed, and it wasn't suicide; it was murder. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. Now I'm I'm beyond any shadow of a doubt, hundred percent certain that he was murdered. I mean, the evidence is p- piling up more and more, and I think it's now conclusively showing that someone strangled him and there's no way in hell that he hanged himself in that jail cell uh, and, and sustained those kinds of wounds to his neck as we'll get into. But my reaction is just that, if I may go on a rant, that I mean, I thought the sham impeachment was bad <laughs> where the Democrats were able to concoct all this nonsense about President Trump and take it in front of a, an international audience and people support this. People say, you know, oh, this is a good thing. I mean, let me say that this, this is it's Twilight Zone stuff. I don't know where we're going as a society. The political class and the elites, I think, have always gotten away with whatever they pretty much wanted to get away with. But nowadays, what's changed that are, is a few things, as you've alluded to many times, the Internet and the fact that every person who has a smartphone has a video camera, a high definition video camera, as, as we'll talk about later, too. And the ability to share the free flow of information around the world almost instantaneously, to me, if I were in power, if I were a member of the elite ruling class, I would say, you know, hey, we we better um, at least start being more careful with our skullduggery because, my gosh, if, if people can get a hold of this and they can see what's really going on or if we try to present evidence to them that doesn't make sense, they're going to see through this. But it's it's obvious to me more and more. It started being obvious in 2016 when I really saw the bias of the press, the 2016 election. And that's what got me watching shows like yours, was because I was saying, this can't possibly be real. They're 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 coming down on Trump every time he farts. But I mean, when Clinton does all this nonsense, nobody's saying anything, and the and the, the press being bought off is very, very chilling. It's very Orwellian. Very scary, and it's why shows like yours and what I'm trying to do within the healthcare realm are vital. People need to know the truth; they need to get at the truth. So, rant over. Uh, excuse me, but uh, this this entire scene, it seems to me, was staged for a um, a curious yet unquestioning populace who are going to say, "Huh, that's interesting. Uh, wow, Epstein really look at the look how cool that neck wound is. Look at that. They've got pictures of a dog of his autopsy. Wow." And they're thrilled by that kind of national inquiry stuff. And then they go about their regular business. People are busy. I get it. I understand. But let me just say, as a physician, looking at these photos, there's no way that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Okay? In fact, that needs to be a new hashtag. There ain't no way Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. I I
0: sense a country song in the making. (laughs) Now, (laughs) what uh, in particular drew you to that conclusion because, uh, I mean, you've been a, a ER doctor for more than 20 years. You've seen, of course, all kinds of neck wounds and suicides yeah. and so on. And there are – this is something I didn't even know about until we talked about it last night, that there are publicly available pictures of, of people like Robin Williams and of David yes. Carradine. I don't think there are any of Michael Hutchins, but other people who've yeah. – Uh, who've strangled themselves uh, and you can do some kind of comparison but I was really struck just by the narrowness and the lowness the lowness of the wound as well and and how that possibly fits with prison sheets Uh, I I can't I can't get the physics again I'm looking we're both looking from the outside we don't have access to the original data or anything but you know nonetheless you you can see when a painting is bad even if you're not a painter Right.
1: Well, let me let me say this in comparing the photos of Robin Williams and David Carradine's necks after their demise. Uh, Robin Williams, of course, was a suicide. Uh, it's questionable whether David Carradine committed suicide or was uh, doing this autoerotic asphyxiation type s- scenario. But the difference between those two and Epstein is that they were they were bound with their uh, ligatures for in an unknown period of time. Who knows how long Robin Williams was down? I'm presuming it was several hours before his wife found him. David Carradine, who knows how long he was down. So it had time for for the tissues to swell, for the tissues to settle. So that's why you see that huge band of constriction around Robin Williams' neck and around David Carradine's neck. So I want to dispel any, you know, well, you can't compare apples to oranges. I get it. I mean, because with Epstein, he wasn't found, you know, I mean, there are differences, let me just say. So I I, I don't look at those wounds as being the same from the standpoint of like, especially with the Robin Williams photo, it's very, very dramatic to see how constricted his neck was. But keep in mind, he had a belt tightened around it that he that he, you know, tightened himself by leaning forward in his chair, I I believe is the mechanism by which he did that. And it, it took hours for them to find him. So that that's not surprising that that happened. But when you compare those wounds with what what. What we're seeing now of Epstein's photos, there are some striking similarities in that there are there's bruising around uh, Epstein's neck area on the anterior, on the front part of his neck, as you can see in the photo. There's bruising there that, you know, can you get that from a bed sheet? And when you say low lowness, what what I'm gonna differ with you there is the width of the actual wounds themselves. Take a look at the photos of Epstein's neck. You see what are called bru- well. They're contusions, okay, let's do some medical terminology here. Contusions are injuries that involve internal bleeding in soft tissue. You can get contusions in your brain. You can get contusions of your heart. You can get contusions in your lungs. You can get contusions in the skin and soft tissues overlying the muscles. You can get contusions in the muscles. When contusions show up on the skin surface, though, they're called ecchymosis or ecchymosis. And that's, a, that's just a fancy $10 term for bruising. Well, Epstein definitely has bruising, fresh looking bruising around the anterior, the front portion of his neck. What's really striking about it to me are a few things. First of all, the width, the narrowness of the bruising itself is very demarcated. You can see about a finger's width, about a 1 to 1.5 centimeter maybe in, in, in uh, width, very, very demarcated line across his neck where the, where the ligature, the device that was used to uh, to strangle him, I'm going to say, where that was was applied, the pressure was applied, like a garret uh, that the Italians would use. Now, sorry, Uh, people have been using this term a lot,
0: uh, 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 the garret, and I I think of that as some sort of thin wire or something like that. Is that a more broad term? I don't mean to plumb the depths of your mafioso knowledge in any particular way, but (laughs) is is garret a a technical term for anything that's narrow to strangle or is it something more specific?
1: I think I, I I could be mistaken here. Okay, you you got me off the cuff, and I could be mistaken, but I think it's a it's also a verb in the act of oh, to of someone, taking yeah, 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 someone and 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 applying pressure and just basically applying force to constrict their airway, constrict their blood vessels, and kill them, asphyxiate them, basically. So uh, in that term, I would say that that's the way I'm going to use it as a verb more than a noun. Okay, something was used to kill Epstein, and this is the, the first part of what I'm talking about is. It wasn't a bed sheet. There's no way it was a bed sheet. Okay. I mean, you look at these photos. First of all, he had enough bed sheets in there. That looked like a JC Penney's on the Saturday after Black Friday. Okay. I mean, th- come on. This, there's so many bed sheets in that cell for one guy. Was, was there another guy there with him? I mean, how many bed sheets do these folks need in a jail cell? Never mind the electrical cords that you alluded to last night. I mean, why would you need an electrical cord
0: in a jail cell? And oh, why would you need so many bed sheets if you already have an electrical cord? <laughs>
1: right. Right. and Oh, man. And prescription bottles, I, I'm getting off track here, but the prescription bottles, you know, Steph, you can kill yourself with aspirin or Tylenol, my friend, if you take enough of them. So I can't imagine somebody being on a suicide watch or just coming off a suicide watch and here, here's all your prescriptions that you take, the multiple prescriptions that you're taking. And it's funny how they have them blacked out as if to protect his HIPAA privacy Oh, my gosh. Well, man, the other thing, too, uh, I don't
0: know exactly how it works in the New York system, of course, but I did get a number of commenters on the video I put out last night who claimed to have history in prisons or knowledge of prisons or even uh, management of prisons who said, listen, if you are a prisoner, you don't just get to keep all of your meds in your jail cell, particularly oh. if you've just been taken off suicide watch. They're held oh, right. by because you could you could take the ball to kill yourself. You might trade them Correct. if they're painkillers or whatever. I Absolutely. mean, you, you could sell them. So what they do is they hold on to your medications and then they will give yeah. them to you or you go to get them at the right times of day in the right circumstances with the right dosage to make That's sure true. that you don't do anything illicit. So the idea you're going to have just fistfuls of bottles like you're half a no, pharmacy in, in in a prison cell it's. is just not believable.
1: It, it's it's totally unbelievable. I did as a third year medical student many years ago in Galveston, uh, we had a prison hospital. We had the Texas Department of Corrections Hospital, which was connected via this long hallway for marksman purposes with the main hospital. And you had to walk down it. there was a gate at each end. So we, I mean, it's very high security, maximum security prison, basically in a hospital setting. And uh, oh no, these, these, Prisoners didn't have uh, meds in their in their cells, in their hospital rooms, which were jail cells, basically. Uh, no, the nursing staff would go around every day and dispense the medication that they need, watch them take it, and make sure that they swallowed it, had the, ah, you know, open their mouth and everything afterwards. Um, yeah, so the, the fact that he had prescription bottles in there, this is all just a gigantic, it's a staged scene, let me tell you. It's designed to throw off the scent for the unquestioning public, the uncritical Well, of course, Uh, you think of the
0: uh, scene in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and (laughs) this is still the case, I think, in a lot of psychiatric hospitals that everybody's got to line up, got to take your meds, they got to check your mouth, lift your tongue, all that kind of stuff, make sure it's gone down. And the other thing, too, the pen. I mean, the guys in there writing little notes and, and talking about how he's been maltreated and so on. And, right. you know, you can kill people with pens. You know, we have eye sockets, people. I mean, there's a reason why the skull has yeah. that vacant Hamlet look. And That's so the right. idea that he's got a pen in there as well, right off suicide watch and so on. Oh, man, I just uh, I, I can't <laughs> fathom it. I just it's almost like they're just like this like a low rent IQ test or something like
1: that. I got I, I to say this. I got to say this. I was thinking about this last night after watching your rant about his suicide note. I, I can only imagine that the, the, the killers, I'm going to presume they're were multiple killers probably two maybe more are standing around there saying uh you know what would be the icing on the cake here oh a a suicide note yeah so what could we put you know no fun (laughs) no fun yeah i'm surprised they
0: uh, didn't have like the pen suddenly jump off the page like he was grabbed or something
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it it, it, is it's laughable it's absolutely laughable for anyone to believe this or for them to expect anyone to believe this, uh, anyone with half a brain. So the the things about uh, the photo that you you turned me on to last night, immediately upon looking at it, I noticed three things. Number one, as I just alluded to, the width of the actual bruising. Yeah, the width there. You can see that. It's very narrow. I dare you to twist up a bedsheet. Tightly enough to get it that narrow. Okay. I think it would probably take a machine, uh, some kind of lathe, to do that to a bedsheet to get it that yeah, cause narrow. Because the
0: narrower you make it, the weaker you make it. That's right.
1: That's right. And, and I mean, it is, it, it, it is, it, oh my gosh. Well, I don't know about weaker, but it, the narrower, I just can't imagine turning a twisted up bedsheet into a thin rope. I mean I just can't imagine twisting it that much. And and the photos belied that. All the photos from his from the other multiple nooses. I mean what was he trying on nooses? Was he trying these things out? What are you Come on. This is not a man on a mission. This is this a is not a fashion guy.
0: accessory that's got a look the cravat <laughs> yeah, that has so, <laughs> to look just right. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, this is uh, yeah, th- th- it's laughable. So the second thing about that photo, if you can show the photo again, would might be that the fact that if you look at this, now when we talk about medical terms, when I mention the patient's right, I'm talking about to the left of the screen. So look there at the left of the screen, how there's actually two marks on this. Uh, there's 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 two separate bruises. One of them goes in line with the original looking bruise. The other one goes up at an angle a little bit. And to me, that signifies, if you see that, that signifies that what happened was somebody is tightening, is garroting, okay, Epstein. Yeah, if you could take the photo down now. Somebody's garroting him or garroting him, however you say it, and, and he slipped. He, he fell forward, something happened, he fell forward, and this thing went up a little bit and then retightened. Pressure tightened enough to cause bruising, released, then tightened again to cause bruising, probably in his, as he was in his last death throes, I would imagine he was really trying to resist and, and they lost their grip. So that's, that's kind of a telling sign because, I mean, if you tighten up a bed sheet around your neck tight enough to cause bruising like that and to asphyxiate or kill yourself, I don't think you're going to slip. I mean, I don't know that you would slip uh, unless you're fighting it. Um, so you, that, would, just, that you is, would lean into it, right? And it would tighten. Correct. Like, uh, and maybe I'll, if I'll, I'll you had
0: quick. second thoughts about it. I mean, that's always the question, right? With, with people who sure. are... You know, people were giving me scenarios like, well, you get your liquid soap and you put it on the on the ground and then you lower yourself in the top bunk and, and then you can't get back up. And you know, so the, the, I guess the question would be if, if he had second thoughts like, oh, you know, I've changed my mind and then he tries to undo it and it's too late. That, I mean, I don't know how that might play out, but that's one thought. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I just wonder, I got to wonder what William of Ockham would say about all that. With Ockham's razor, <laughs> the simplest explanation tends to be the best one. And, and um, the simplest one is getting more and more that Epstein was strangled. But the, the third thing uh, about that photo, if you can put it up again, would be that um, now, <clears throat> again, I'm questioning the graininess of these photos. This is really I mean, I have a, I don't know, it's like a 4,000 megapixel camera on my smartphone and that I can take pictures of the hair follicles on someone. But this is a pretty grainy photo that was published in The Guardian here. And what's amazing is if you look to the right of the photo, to Epstein's left, it looks like it's almost in the midline, right over the Adam's apple there. You will see, if you really peer hard enough and magnify the image, a deeper bruise that looks to me like it's got a small abrasion in the middle of it, and that looks like more dried blood over off to the side there, more to the right to Epstein's left, more off to the left and upper, uh, in the superior or or, uh, north of that wound, looks like some dried blood there, so it looks like he actually had some, Bleeding, probably from that small little uh, abrasion or micro laceration. Now, abrasion is a fancy term for a skin tear a, when you scrape the skin off. What causes that? Can a bed sheet cause that? Uh, I guess if you had, I don't know what the thread count is of sheets they have in prisons, <laughs> but <you> know, <laughs> sure. and cotton per kale is probably not going to do that. But yeah, I mean, uh, even a, a, a paper, a fiber bed sheet, I just, what causes abrasion, stuff is friction. In other words, you need your skin. Skin is very mobile. It's soft. It's soft tissue. I mean, right? When I see someone in the ER who's fallen off their bicycle and they have what we call road rash and they've skinned up their elbow or their knee on the street, well, the street's pretty immovable immovable and uh, very dense and hard. Unforgiving. Unforgiving is right. Wear your helmets, folks. So the skin, on the other hand, rubs and and moves across that. And if you're going fast enough, you create enough friction to where you leave some pieces of skin behind on the street and you don't take them back with you. Well, what abrasions are caused by that friction, you need a, a lot of friction to do that. Now, you don't need a lot of friction when you're up against a street. You need a lot of friction if you're up against something like, say, uh, a bed sheet. Um, and I just don't see how a bed sheet, again, you'd have to get that thing twisted up to where it was, it was, you know, as thin as a, oh, I don't know, an electrical cord maybe? Weren't those found in the cell? And, and wrap that around, and then there would have to be friction. There would have to be movement of Epstein's neck against this thing in order to cause it. Now, the abrasion looks tiny. It doesn't look that large to me, but it was enough to cause some bleeding, I think. And I think Dr. Bodden uh, alluded to that as well, that, the, that none of the nooses in his room had any blood on them. So they must have found blood at some point. I just think it would be great if the autopsy report came out in full, to discuss all this and really give us the ins and outs. That could be a whole nother show we could use to discuss that if they, if they ever release that, which they should, there's no reason why they shouldn't. But I don't see how any medical examiner seeing this as a physician and, and and believe me, I'm not, I'm not an autopsy specialist. I'm not a pathologist. I'm just your ER doc. Okay. I'm telling you right now, there's serious questions in my mind, uh, and I have no question in my mind anymore that he was not, uh, he did not hang himself. He was strangled and something was applied around his neck, something thinner than a bedsheet, much thinner, much stronger, much more likely to apply enough friction to cause an abrasion was applied around his neck and used to kill him. That is no question in my mind. Well, days.
0: one other alternative hypothesis in terms of you saying that you need the abrasion with the sheet. So one possibility is that, you know, everybody needs a hobby. Maybe his hobby was mixing paint. And maybe the electrical cable was in there for the paint mixer. Now, paint mixers do a lot of shaking. So you tie the rope to the paint mixer. You lean forward and it goes back and forth. That creates the abrasion. Mysteriously, though, as you point out, there doesn't seem to be any blood On the noose. Right. So in all seriousness, that's like a big issue. Right. Because I get it's not a gusher. It's not like he had his his arteries slashed or anything. It's not a gusher. But there's blood and there should be blood on the sheet. And again, I mean, you can't see every fold, every dimension, but uh, I, I couldn't see any.
1: Well, you know, my mom, when I was a kid, the weight loss fad back then was to, they had these machines. They looked like giant sewing machines. Oh yeah, on. I remember those. And and belt, blah, 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 back and forth, right? And then it would, it would jiggle your waist. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my mother had one of those things. I think I remember trying it out when I was four or something like that. Probably almost got killed probably very dangerous but anyway i don't recall her ever having abrasions from that thing uh, going around her waist uh, so yeah i think the paint mixer okay so for the commenters the paint mixer is out okay? paint I mixer is out that. paint mixer theory is uh, is
0: just a conspiracy uh, theory that's the one that we've got going yeah, on here. oh i've yeah. got and going I'll,
1: on i would like to say this about the commenters too you know it seems to be a lot of comments a lot of people believe that epstein is not dead <laughs> well Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe we're all crazy here thinking that Epstein actually got killed. Well, somebody got killed. And I don't know if it was his doppelganger or what. uh, And those curled earlobes in that photo, I grant you, I was looking at those things, that photo of his neck, those curled up earlobes. They look Martian to me. I can't explain. Yeah, that. I so did look
0: at that. And I was uh, a little uh, a little surprised about all of that. I don't have that picture very handy. Very bizarre but...
1: looking earlobes. So maybe this was a mannequin. Maybe Epstein's not dead. Maybe this was the Mossad. I don't know. I don't care. The fact is that, that what we're discussing here is a cover-up. There's something going on. There's something rotten in the state of Washington, D.C. or New York where this occurred, and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. So the the, the facts were being fed, the The notion that, that somebody was in that jail cell and killed themselves, which I personally believe that that was Epstein. I think he killed – I think he died. I think he was strangled. I think he was murdered to get him out of the way. That makes the most sense. But please, commenters, if you believe that Je- that Epstein is not dead, fine – something happened and it's worth discussing
0: okay so the, the the one thing that i find a little baffling is how like let, let's say that this was a, a murder boy they, they really didn't create a very believable crime scene and that's always the thing like when i look at that level i mean these are you know these are smart people they've got resources they got into a jail uh, they got into a jail cell they did whatever right i mean so can right. you not just make it a smidge more believable i mean at least take the electrical cables out or something or or don't put uh, massive amounts of of uh, uh pharmaceuticals on his shelf or you know just just yeah. come on like like make it a little like give us a little sherlock holmes moment here where you have right. to this right. is like the escape room with uh with a door that says exit you know, it's <laughs> like I'm, i don't really pay
1: for this kind of challenge right in neon uh, yeah yeah well, well look at the shampeachment though man i mean how much bullshit do, does Congress, do the Democrats believe that Americans will swallow? I mean, you, you, I look at that and I am just amazed at how it was done, how it's being pushed through the press. And I think the reliance here is, you know, I, I'm going to diverge a little bit, get philosophical if you don't mind. Please, but I recognized a long time ago that the key to any free society, to a democracy, to any kind of of uh, individualism is a free press. It's the ability. And in fact, I, I wrote a series of articles on my blog a few years ago, and I, I called out the fact that they were g- getting on free press in college campuses, etc. How scary that is, because if you if you ha- don't have freedom of speech, more importantly, the freedom of the press not more importantly, excuse me, I didn't say that, but as important as freedom of speech is the freedom of the press to have the freedom of speech so that they can criticize and question what the government is up to. Without that, you got nothing. You have totalitarianism, basically. And I think that that the fact that the press, the most of the press, ABC, CBS, CNN, NPR, MSNBC, all of these the fact that they are co-conspirators in this, they're propagandists, is the most chilling aspect of all this. That's why I think they, they feel they can get away with um, having prescription bottles, electrical cords, multiple try, try, to, try and see if it fits nooses uh, scattered about his jail cell. Uh, and, and proud to show it because they just understand that people are going to watch the press. They're not going to question it. They're going to move on with their daily lives. That's why it's so important for us to question it.
0: It's very well, easy. and that's that's a chilling thing that you can get Russia yeah. collusion conspiracy <laughs> theories splashed across the networks for a couple of years. You've got this right. one phone call with a guy <laughs> from Ukraine where nothing improper was done, and suddenly it's high treason and and uh, impeachment and so on. And yet you have stuff like this where you know there there is, maybe there are good answers to everything that we, we're just not aware of, and but but the, the, the there be. are important questions. To be asked. And if they can impeach or try and overturn the 2016 election based upon one perfectly innocuous and declassified phone call, but they can't get in experts and they can't talk to people who are in the know and they can't review prison prison regulations and they right. can't like that to me means that the press right. is uh, well, it is a it's a mouthpiece for either a large group of people <clears throat> who don't want the truth and that's their audience and that's who they're selling ads to or a small group of people probably more likely who don't want the truth who are directing them what to say in ways that you and I probably can't even fathom, and God help us if we ever do, right? So that is a rather chilling thing. And I think without the internet, you know, we'd be nowhere. We'd be lost in space. We'd be lost in the matrix. We would be completely absorbed into the hive mind of propaganda. And I tell you, man, this is sort of my final point here. So I got a master's degree in history, right? And I remember when I was in my very first history class, uh, the teacher, I was battling back and forth with the teacher about some leftist thing, and she threw her glasses at me, which was, you know, a little surprising. Uh, and then what she did was she asked she didn't students. did you? <laughs> no, yeah. She asked the students what happened, and, you know, the answers were really instructive. Because people say, uh, I didn't see what happened. Other people said, uh, Steph threw his glasses at you, which I didn't even wear glasses at the time, right? Uh, Other people say, uh, you know, you threw his glasses at you and then he put them on. Like there was so many wildly divergent responses to what happened. And she said, so everybody was in the room. We're talking about history like literally 20 seconds ago. And most of you have it wrong and that's a really chilling thing now so that was an oh, interesting wow. exercise and something wow. i really remembered that gave me you know wow. it was a good teacher she was a good teacher a leftist but a really good teacher so here's a fascinating thing here's a moment in history that's incredibly important that you know millions <laughs> and millions of people are absolutely fascinated by yeah. we have uh, photos right we have coroner's reports we have uh information no, have about the the cameras we malfunctioning have we have all of this stuff And still people don't know what the hell's going on. Like, even if you have, like, I I, I swear, maybe the video, of course, the video would would make it conclusive, which could be why it's gone. But even with all of this information that we have, there's still a huge number of questions. You start going back to the Middle Ages, it's like you can kind of make up whatever you want at this point because you're actually getting the facts really hard.
1: Right, right, yeah, we don't have the coroner's report, not the official autopsy. We don't have that, or if we do, I'd love to see it. Uh, I just feel sorry for those guards. I question what's gonna happen to these two guards? I mean, what kind of pressure are they feeling? I'm and, and I gotta say this, uh, no offense to the guards, but were they were these the two? folks who had the poorest performance record that suddenly got uh, transitioned into the night shift (laughs) for that week uh so that because they knew that they liked to shop online they knew that they liked to to lollygag and stuff Uh, this is just so i mean taken on the surface it's so unbelievable and i I think what's obvious to me is these photos are just a national Enquirer moment um, for for everybody to be satisfied the gore the pitch you know, the violence, the obvious, you know, it's, it's clear Epstein did this to himself. Well, again, if you question it in the least, if you take a, a second to pause and look at this, it becomes more and more obvious with the photos. And it's, it goes back to what you said. How brazen are these folks going to get? I remember in Ferris Bueller's day off when he bamboozled his parents for the, I think the ninth time. And he looks at the camera and he goes, they bought it. I mean, <laughs> this is, I think there must be a, a a group of psychologists or strategists somewhere in some deep, dark labyrinth who are, who keep saying, wow, they, they bought that, too. They're, look, 40 percent of Americans, 48 percent of Americans are buying this impeachment nonsense. What else we got? What, what other plans? OK, like, give me your wildest concoction here and let's see what else we can pull, because when it comes down to it, this is all psychology. This is all just appealing to people's, you know, trying to get the poll numbers up, trying to get persuasion out there. It's propaganda, basically. And, uh, man, I I know that people who wear glasses these days, including me, have to be looking at all this. If they're not on the take, they have to be looking at this and saying, where is this going to end? Where is this all going to go? And I, and, and to, to make a final point, too, is if I may, is that I think that this is probably the same feeling that a lot of people in 1930s Germany had. In the 1910s, uh, uh, Russia had. In the 1930s and 40s, China had. And uh, look what happened to those societies. So we've got to stop this. We have to stop it. Well, I appreciate
0: that thought. And uh, if you could just tell my audience where to get a hold of your excellent blog and your books and your presence on the internet. Sure.
1: Well, I'm I'm a physician. I've been trying to uh, get the word out about this because if you think that this thing with Epstein and all this is new, believe me, this has been done with healthcare for decades. Healthcare is is something that is the, the subject of a mass mass conspiracy theory. So I'm trying to bust what I call the big myth of healthcare and you can find my books on Amazon. I've written a couple of books, The Guide to Buying Health Insurance and Healthcare, which is really helpful at showing folks how to buy their health insurance and how to pay for their healthcare with price transparency being a thing now. You need to pay attention. I also wrote a funny book called Healthcare Onomics A Thousand Crazy Ways That the American Health Insurance Industry Controls Americans' Healthcare. I have a blog at healthcareonomics.com and I have a Twitter. Uh, healthcareonomics is my uh, handle. And I have a YouTube channel that I'm going to post this video to as well. Well,
0: fantastic. Thanks a lot, Dr. Casey. A great pleasure to chat with you again.
1: Thank you, sir.